Just... We knock on wood. <laughs> we think our kids are are pretty okay. Like I know they may not 100% be making perfect decisions, but overall they're not making awful decisions. So we felt like we could trust them. There were so many, not knowledge bombs, but wisdom yeah. bombs in that little section there. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Authors of Where Should We Camp Next, a 50-state guide to amazing campgrounds and other unique outdoor accommodations. Almost 12 years ago, we bought a pop-up camper that changed our lives and introduced us to the joys of RV travel. Join us now as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We will also keep you dialed in to the latest RV innovations from people in the know. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. And my friends, this is a really, really good one. I absolutely love this episode with Carrie Cox about leaving your kids at home, tips for camping without kids. And we're talking about older kids. So if you have kids that are teenagers or sort of getting ready to head off to college, this episode is about what you need to do to leave them at home and go off and have an awesome RV trip with your spouse. But but more importantly than offering some practical tips uh, for preparing for a trip like that, this is an episode about parenting and about parenting in those pivotal years before you launch your kids into adulthood. And Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie has so much wisdom to share on this topic. Uh, I told her during the show, this is like a little ebook about parenting teenagers. Um, I, there's just so much to enjoy about this show. I really hope you join us for the whole episode. We're going to come back in a second and dive right into it with Carrie Cox. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Camp Spot. Let's face it, summers weren't meant to be experienced sitting at a desk or staring at a computer screen. It's time to call Time Out. CampSpot is here to help. CampSpot is an instant booking platform for camping across North America featuring over 140,000 campsites. Research and book the best campgrounds, RV parks, cabins, glamping destinations, and more to find your time out. Whether it's your next epic adventure, girls' night out, or family reunion, CampSpot lets you filter your search results by the type of getaway you want. Browse by location, price point, site type, amenities, and more. CampSpot also offers premium inventory, real-time availability, and no membership fees so that you can find the best sites at the best campgrounds for the best prices. Picture it now. Fresh air in your lungs, cool breeze in your hair, warm hugs in your soul, and that grounded sense of self you'll only find when you spend time out. Book your spring and summer camping trips now. Find your time out. Find your camp spot at campspot.com. Hello, Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, and welcome back to the RV Atlas. How are you, Carrie? I am good. I'm super refreshed. I recently went on a vacation without my kids, and I'm just excited to tell everybody else how and why they should do that so they can feel equally refreshed. 
I feel like you're rubbing it in, but I know you're you're <laughs> not the type of person to rub it in. So yeah, so today's topic is about RVing without kids uh, for parents uh, who actually might want to consider taking an RV trip and leaving your maybe somewhat older kids at home. Uh, this is a revolutionary idea to me. I have never done this. Your day will come. Your day will come. Like, you know, from the minute that they're born and you're strapping in car seats and you get to that that moment, I know we can all relate when suddenly you don't have to do their car seat for them. So this is like that times 100, the yeah. feeling that you get inside. Well, I see. I know I'm hoping this is God's truth coming from your lips, Carrie, but I have also, <laughs> I have met your boys, your handsome, articulate, responsible boys. And like, I can see how it would work with them because they do seem fairly mature. Um, You know, I'm looking at my three and wondering, you know, if I can pull this off myself. Right, right. Yeah, the the big theme of the tips for today is knowing your children. So you have to have to find that um, that level of responsibility in them. And then the big question is leaving them together. Like there was there was a number of years when even just to run to the store, it'd be like, I can leave one of my children home alone, but I can't leave both of my children home alone because they're fine alone. But together, they would slaughter each other. Right. They like, so. they will beat the <laughs> snot out of each other. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes. Yeah. That's a different, they, it takes them a while to come out. The point that they come out on the other side of that, that I've learned from my husband and his brother, and then watching our boys is when the little brother can beat up the big brother, suddenly the wrestling stops. Like big brother doesn't want to have those moments of truth. And so they don't wrestle. (laughs) Carrie, that is so funny you say that because I literally remember the day when I was in 10th grade, when my older brother, who was five years older than me, he was college age at that time, tried to pin me to the ground and I pinned (laughs) him to the ground and it did and it ended. The whole yeah. dynamic ended. So you are you are speaking the truth here now. But how old are how old are Ben and Sam? Let's just establish so that. Our boys are seventeen, really close to eighteen now, and twenty, really close to twenty one. So um, we're definitely on the the far end. Like there, our, our younger son is a, going to be a senior this year. Our older son's in college, so he lives independently. But we did start doing a smaller version of this probably starting when they were like 14, 15-ish, maybe spending like one night alone, maybe. So kind of... We're going out to dinner and leaving them here in the house. And, you know, frankly... I, I, my, I was at home alone with my brother a lot when we were teenagers right. and, and for extended periods of time, my, my mom was not there. So none of this sounds crazy to me, but I did want to just let everyone know that your sons are older because I picture some of for our sure. podcast listeners being outraged, like I would never leave my kids at home, yeah, but we're not yes. talking about 10 or 12 years old, t- t- 10 or 12 year olds right. here. So you right. have seven questions to consider when deciding whether to leave the kids at home alone while RVing, and then you'll give some more pros and cons and we'll flesh the topic out even further. But let's dive into those seven questions to consider, almost like a self-test to see if you might be able to do this. Because it sounds amazing to get out with your spouse and go on a weekend RV trip. It truly sounds amazing. For sure. And really, you know, like I said, the maturity level of your kids is going to guide it. So you have to kind of know your kid and know, know where they are. So the first question to ask yourself really is just, 
can any nearby adults keep an eye on things? So we are really lucky. So this is the second caveat to leaving our kids home alone is that my dad lives next door. So there is um, somebody super close by, even though we live in the country, we do have somebody. If we lived in a neighborhood, we would probably have some neighbors that we would feel comfortable knowing, hey, so-and-so can kind of check in, keep an eye on things. We also have Russell's parents who can drop in. So we knew that there would be some adults who could at least keep a minimal eye on things. So they would know if there were a hundred cars in the driveway and there was some kind of um, party animal, <laughs> animal, animal house party going on at our house. Like we would at least have that level of supervision. Now we have, so I'm going to say yes or no to these, like the you know considerations as you go. We have a law enforcement official who lives next door and she's yeah. awesome. And I <laughs> have already, I have already told the boys, you best be careful. Right. Because she's yeah. watching. Right. <laughs> she's so watching. I, I don't have the family member nearby, but I do have mm-hmm. responsible adults nearby that we're very close with and friendly with. So I think I'm good on that one once my boys get older. Yes. The second question is, will your teen get scared? And so I admit that there's not an age to that because I was afraid to stay home alone well into my 20s. Like I was already married and um, just did not like staying home alone overnight. I would be up all night kind of a little freaked out. So even though I was well into my 20s and a married woman, (laughs) I was maybe not that great at staying home alone and definitely wouldn't have wanted to for a week. My boys are a lot more independent and they don't get scared of that. Max and Theo are tough 13 year olds who, who know almost everything right now, Yeah, (laughs) but they are still a little bit scared of the dark. They are. So we'll see how that develops for me. So what's the third consideration? So can your kids manage their own basic needs? So our kids are pretty much in the habit of getting themselves up for work and school. They know how to set their alarms. They get up. I'm amazed because like one of my kids is a really heavy sleeper. And I really wondered, like, could he get himself up for work? And he can. Um, Both my kids can make their own meals. They may not both. Um, make fancy things, but one can um, cook a pretty decent breakfast. He's made, he made meals in the crock pot while we were gone. The other one makes a lot of sandwiches or buys subways. And then um, our kids can drive. Again, we live in the country. So we live in um, the part of the nation where teenagers, you know, generally do have a car and drive because you can't just walk to a store here. And so if, if they're home independently, they need to probably have some level of transportation within, you know, at least to get to a store and that kind of thing. All right. That's great. And uh, our kids can, you know, if, if left cash, our kids are perfectly capable of, of ordering food and feeding themselves and to actually, to give them credit. I do want to give them credit. Um, Max and Theo get up, get themselves ready and get to school with no help from us at this point because their school starts so early. And I will even admit almost somewhat embarrassed. Sometimes I'm still in bed when they leave for school because they have to get there so early. So I I think that I'm moving in the right direction with that consideration. What's next? So will they be able to reach you? So before booking that glorious kid-free trip, you just might want to Think through having cell reception and overall reachability um, because you may not feel comfortable. I I don't feel comfortable leaving them home when we're not reachable. So we knew our campground we were going to wasn't going to have like great Internet, but we were pretty sure it had enough. Um, self coverage for phone and text. And that was all we needed, you know, in case the kids needed to get a hold of us. Um, but we gave them a heads up before we went into our campground to say, hey, just in case you don't hear from us, if you try to text, also try to call just in case your text doesn't come through. And so we kind of prepared them 
for whether it would be sketchy or not. And if they were younger, we would not have even risked that. That's a great tip about texting and calling. And then how often do you check in, to be honest? Like, uh, I'm picturing myself checking in every hour because I'm just (laughs) a nervous Nelly and that would keep me at ease. But how did that work for you guys? Um, Kind of every other day, honestly. God bless you. Our boys are pretty independent. Later, I'm going to talk a little bit about the fact that we have um, some wise cameras. So we could kind of see, um, we would get some alerts. Our internet wasn't super great, so we didn't get all of the alerts. But we could kind of see their comings and goings and know that they were following their normal schedule. And so, yeah, I mean, I think we checked in on phone every other day. We probably texted at least once a day and just said, hey, we're here. I also like to keep them updated on what campground we were in so that they did know in case they couldn't get a hold of us that we had arrived at this campground in this state and in case some, you know, in case they needed to reach us and couldn't. Well, and I'm sitting here saying I check every hour, but my kids are younger. And, and right. part of what you're talking about here is the transition to adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> right. For I sure. mean, this, this is just a part of the parenting process of, of, of letting go, I think a little bit, um, which is not easy. And I think I will be a major empty nest person, right? I think I will really yeah. miss my kids when they're gone. But then you do also get something in return, certainly, which is, is some freedom back after so many years yeah. of, of parenting. Um, yeah. so, so your fifth consideration, the next one, I think <laughs> this is, especially applies to you. <laughs> oh, well, I think it's the most important of the seven. Yeah. How do your siblings behave together? So sometimes the thought of leaving one kid home alone is easier to digest than multiples, especially if they bicker and fight and do not do well um, together. So probably five years ago, even if they had been somewhat mature enough, like we wouldn't have left them home alone because they just were still in that wrestling phase and bickering. And, you know, now they just don't do that. They get along really well and they're pretty mature. So um, I don't know how late that continues for all siblings, but, you know, late teenage years and early 20s, they, they, they seem to be calming down. Well, you said when the younger brother can all yeah. of a sudden, you know, pin down the older brother. Well, I have <laughs> right. twins who are just about equally strong. And it actually really <laughs> creates this bizarre right. dynamic where no one can clearly ever win a fight. Right. And um, that is uh, a problem for, for us as parents, I think, because things yeah. go on and on and on. So yeah, um, we had friends who actually would put the security cameras in the house when they left their three sons home alone, like on teacher training days or something. And they're both teachers and they had the cameras in the house so they could keep an eye on the uh, kids. I would do body cameras as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, your sixth thing to consider. Um, so can they handle emergencies? So we obviously, none of us know how we would respond in an emergency unless we've been in that situation. I used to think I would be... Um, cool, calm, cool, and collected. And then when I thought one of my kids was hurt, it turned out I'm not calm, cool, and collected when I think my kid is hurt. But um, just you, you as a parent probably have a general sense of how well your kid has um, figured, figured things out if they've gotten themselves um, into a sticky situation. And our family, can I cuss if it's a nice, a light cuss, <laughs> we call them oh shit moments. <laughs> I hope that you can edit that out if you need to. We can but, bleep. Okay. So, um, oh shoot, I could have said, oh shoot. So we call them oh, oh shoot moments. So if, if your kid hasn't been in a situation to have an oh shoot moment, they don't know 
how to get themselves out of it. And they need to have some of those. They don't need to have the world's biggest one. That's terrifying. But they do need to have some practice getting themselves out of a situation or figuring out a situation um, before they are in a really big situation. And so you're giving me hope. You're giving me hope because Theo um, and his friends were fishing a few weeks ago in in deep mud in a place where they fish. And Theo was barefoot and he cut the bottom of his foot on an old soda can that he didn't see and, and it was a really deep gash um the, the end result was stitches but his friends and his brother acted admirably and helped him they got him out of there they got the nearest yeah. parent there first then they got me and i drove to them while the other parent was you know ad- addressing the wound and everything and i i was actually you know even though i was really upset and i i wish that he wasn't barefoot in the mud um i was right. actually kind of really happy with how they all handled yeah. the situation at the end of the day and of course theo got a new pair of waterproof extra tough fishing boots out of the deal right. because for jeremy <laughs> gear is always the solution but no i i really was i did think oh my god they really kind of acted like adults in this situation they carried him out of the mud and took care of them so um all right it's a perfect practice what is number seven can you trust them um so all like every single day of the teenage years you're walking this fine line of trust you have to start trusting your kids if you're going to let them go into the world um But at the same time, it's terrifying to trust your kids, um, especially when you've been a high school teacher and you see the the, the worst in teenagers. You know the worst. You know the worst that your kids can be doing. You're just viscerally aware of it. But if you're not letting your kids work toward adulthood, you're going to throw them out into the world as children. So you have to have this, this transition years where they're building trust and building that independence. And so you, you should be starting to get a sense of whether your kids are the kids who are generally telling you the truth. Have you caught them in a lot of lies? Do they seem to have friends who are pretty responsible for things? Um, Do they generally just follow your rules and expectations at home and when they're away from home as much as you can tell? Like you can never know everything that your children are doing. I don't think you should know everything your children are doing, but you could get a sense of whether they're trusty, you know, trustworthy kids. And we knock on wood that <laughs> we think our kids are are pretty okay. Like I know they may not 100% be making perfect decisions, but overall they're not making awful decisions. So we felt like we could trust them. There were so many, not knowledge bombs, but wisdom yeah. bombs in that little section there, you know, yeah. we don't want to throw them out of the house, still acting, behaving like children and believe it or not, leaving them alone for a weekend or two here and there. So mom and dad can go on an RV trip might really yeah. be some great training for adulthood. Exactly. That's, that's part of the goal, the secret goal. We'll pretend that's our, that's our reason for doing it. But really, I think that's so important. And, um, you know, we have one son who is away at college and we just were those few months before he was heading away from college, we were just more and more aware of the fact that he was going to be eight hours away from home. So he was going to be doing whatever he wanted without us there nearby as any kind of support. And so, you know, you're just trying to give your kids those moments with training wheels where they can develop that independence and still have some support. I love this episode so much and I can't wait to keep moving. But before we continue with this great episode with Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie about 
leaving your kids at home and RVing without kids, we have sponsored messages from our friends at Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts and from our friends at Blackstone. Whether you enjoy the comfort of a luxury cabin, a deluxe RV site, or prefer to try some unique options like yurts, tree houses, or covered wagons, award-winning Jellystone Parks has a variety of first-rate accommodations, attractions, and activities to provide the setting for an affordable and fun family vacation. Our family has been making great camping memories at Jellystone Park for years, and we can't wait to get back and see Yogi Bear and friends this spring and summer. Jellystone Park locations have everything you and your family will need to make long-lasting camping memories. From amazing water zones, including pools, splash grounds, and splash pads, to mini golf, wagon rides, and jumping pillows, Jellystone Park is the best place for family entertainment this year. You will also find many themed weekend events, including appearances from Yogi Bear and friends. You will notice that family Family fun at our exciting camp resorts is the main attraction. With over 75 locations across the United States and Canada, make Jellystone Park part of your vacation this spring and summer. Remember, it's not just a campground, it's Jellystone Park. To find out more and book your spring and summer getaways, head on over to jellystonepark.com. The sound of bacon or burgers and steaks sizzling is the sound that you crave this summer. Blackstone is the original flat-top griddle with more than 5 million griddles sold. Blackstone is the way that America cooks in the great outdoors. You can cook everything you can on a traditional grill and a thousand things you can't. Do you want an incredible breakfast? How about lunch or dinner? The solid steel flat top infuses the flavors. Pick the size and style that's right for your next camping trip. The 17-inch and 22-inch griddles are easy to store in your RV and still have the space to feed the hungriest army. They even have 17 and 22-inch griddles with side burners for greater outdoor cooking versatility. With Blackstone, you can cook anything, anytime, anywhere. For fun and flavor that you can't find anywhere else, Go wherever griddles are sold or head on over to blackstoneproducts.com because it's better on a Blackstone. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with the amazing Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, who has been a correspondent on this podcast basically right since the beginning. And today we are talking about RVing without kids and some tips and tricks and strategies for leaving your older kids at home while you go out and enjoy an RV trip. And, um, you know, like I saw your notes before we hit record, Carrie, but I just didn't realize how deep this topic was, that it's really such a parenting topic. So let's get into some some pros and cons here. Um, you have a great list. So what are some of the positive aspects of leaving your kids home while you and your husband go RVing? <laughs> well, of course, you get to enjoy time alone with your spouse. So aside from just like the peace that could come with that. Um, you can also do those activities that maybe the kids whine or complain about, you know, so we sat in the campground and I watercolored Jeremy. I have not watercolored since high school. I just, I don't know. I have this Zen version, future ver version of myself that I'm looking at. And I'm like, that's the kind of woman who might sit in a campground and paint a picture. So I decided to try it. And uh, we also spent a whole day like fishing in a canyon where there was no cell phone reception. So those are the kinds of things that maybe we would have left the kids in the trailer and gone and done. But it was just really nice to not have to even consent <laughs> to even consider the kids and go and do them. So you get to enjoy your time alone and do whatever you want. I, I feel like as parents, we're often uh, sort of constantly under a low level of stress. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that gets jacked up, right, uh, all the time. But but just, you know, 24-7, like this low-grade stress of just worrying, you know, are, are my kids right. okay? And then I think that over time as parents, we come to subconsciously just think of that as normal, right? Yeah. That, that, that you're just sort of tensed up a little bit all of the time. Um, and then I think that in this type of situation that you're talking about, that that tension's gone, right? Where you're like, oh, right. I'm going to actually paint a picture. You know, yeah. for me, it would just be like, I want to read a book. You know, like I'm always right. complaining. I never get time to too. read, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So just I'm just imagining a deep feeling of relaxation. Yeah. And if we wanted to leave on the last day, we wanted to make it home in one day. So we needed to get up at five in the morning to do that with our kids. That would have been a lot harder. So it's just really nice. Um, Tip number two is that you'll deal with less whining and arguing. So you not only are not having to consider their needs and setting your activities and what time you're, you're moving and where you're eating. That's always one of those hot spots in our family, but there's just not that whining. There's no soundtrack to your life of your children other than when you touch in with them. And um, I have to say that's kind of nice. So we enjoyed that. No one ever wants to eat at the same place right. at the same time. And yeah. that has literally been a stress in my life this summer. Yeah. They all always want something different. Uh, yeah. you know, with three kids. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. what's, what's and next? While we're talking about food, it's much cheaper. So like everything you do is cheaper. We went to, to a uh, meal wolf, the interactive like art experience in Denver. It was $50 a ticket. It was kind of nice that we only had to buy two tickets instead of four tickets. And every time we ate out after you're used to eating out as a family, whenever you eat out as a couple and you get a bill, that's like $20. You're like, what is this it? Like you're just not even used to seeing that number on the, the slip. So it's a lot cheaper. Oh my God. I never thought of that, that, that the, just the weekly and monthly expenses and the travel expenses. Yeah. Well, but you're going to be helping for college. Or paying for college. Who, I have a friend who has three kids and she said it was just like a life changer when one of their kids went to college and they could go to a restaurant and get a booth for four because seating for five is always so much harder to get in a restaurant. She's like, just having like one less kid <laughs> made our lives easier. Oh, the leap from four kids to five is the biggest leap. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. After five, it doesn't matter. All right. So other positive aspects of leaving the kids sure. home while you take an RV trip. Yeah. So one of the things when you're traveling with teenagers, you know that they have FOMO, fear of missing out. They're acutely aware of what's going on at home. So when you leave them at home, they don't, they're not having that. They're still getting to do their normal activities and those things that are important to them. Um, this summer, part of the reason we left our boys home was our older son um, is in, he has an engineering internship, a very serious job for the summer. So he could not just take off to go on vacation with us. And our younger son has a job that he had already taken off for, for an earlier vacation. So it was just really nice. They could stay home and, and go to work and we could go have fun. But, you know, on the plus side for them, like for our younger son who really likes being around his friends, I mean, both of our kids like to be around our friends. Our other son, our older son can put that aside to travel because he really likes travel. But the younger son does not like travel that much. And so we didn't have to worry about it. He got to stay home and hang out with his friends and do what, I, what he likes to do. That sounds good. So everything is uh, simplifying. You yeah. Thoreau, we... simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. <laughs> of course, Thoreau did not have children as far as I know. Um, right. Okay. So what else? Yeah. And in the summer, even in the summer, you think, oh, well, you're both teachers. You don't have to work and, you know, you can take the kids, but it's just, we still have schedules. Like I work part-time in the summer. My husband has a few activities as does in the summer. Our kids do. So just having those fewer co- 
schedules to work around makes it easier. And then as we talked about earlier, it's just so important for older teens to develop that self-sufficiency, especially if they're heading off into college and independence. And you want your kids to develop confidence in their own abilities to take care of themselves. So that's kind of the, the philosophical undercurrent of it all is you're, you're helping your kids have that adulting with training wheels and they need that. All right. But life is complicated and nothing is ever totally positive or totally negative. It's always sort of a mixed bag to some degree. Um, so what are some of the drawbacks of leaving the kids at home? Yeah. So you, of course, will feel sad at times about not including your kids and they may feel sad too. So Ben loves Colorado. And it, I know it was like a little salt in his wounds that we left him when we went to Colorado. He didn't mind when we went to DC earlier in the summer because he didn't love DC. But when we left him to go to Colorado, it was kind of sad. Um, when we we're at Meow Wolf, we did keep saying, even though it would have been $100 more to have the kids there, we were like, oh, it would have been really fun to have the kids here. So it might be better to avoid, like we would not do the bucket list epic trip without them. We would not go to one of our big family list of what we want to do is go to the Pacific Northwest. I didn't want to do that trip without them. Um, or like if you have, you know, a Disney loving family, maybe you don't go to Disney World and leave the kids at wow, home. That's, you know, that's, that's exactly, I'm sitting here yeah. thinking if Stephanie and I ever went to Fort Wilderness without them, they would yeah. like lose their minds. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's better to avoid those, those beloved destinations as much as possible. And then you will deal with some anxiety probably of all the things that could go wrong for you on the road and for your kids at home. So you're like doubling up the potential for catastrophes. And I, I'm a worrier. So like one of the very weird, worrisome things that I did before we left on our, uh, our earlier trip where Ben wasn't with us was that I actually had been figuring out all of our life insurance. This is super morbid, but I finally had written some of that stuff down and I just like made sure he was kind of aware of those things just in case something happened. So it's morbid and it's awful, but you are doubling up your worry. You're worrying for yourself on the road and you're worried for your kids home at home alone. And, um, I, you know, you have to be able to, to get through that and you can, but if you can't, if you know that that is going to be overwhelmingly upsetting to you, maybe don't, you know, maybe don't do it. <laughs> All right, great. So let's, you have some tips here to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Um, and these are great tips. There's almost like a whole podcast right here. So how to prepare your kids for staying home alone. Um, so if we want to try to do this and, you know, a lot of RV Atlas listeners are, are your kids are growing as our kids are growing. Um, what do we need to do to get ready? So start with short trips close to home. We did a lot of weekend trips where we left one or both boys home for one or two nights. That gave us a chance to practice overnights while we were often even within an hour's drive. So if anything went home, we could be home in an hour. And that was totally, totally felt comfortable. And we built up. Um, as a, my second tip is build trust and independence before going further and longer. So those practice tips, again, those training wheels help you both develop that confidence before you take the training wheels off and go two states away. And then third, consider purchasing simple security cameras. So we bought some wise cameras um, just to set on our porch. They're just enough for us to see the comings and goings of the kids in the driveway and on the porch. Um, we there, It's not an extensive security system. The kids could very much figure out a way to traipse through the yard and around the back door if they were really trying to sneak something by us. Um, 
but it was just enough to give us a little sense of comfort. I liked to get the the ping that showed when uh, one of my sons like runs his girlfriend home at night. So I like to get that ping to know he left and then he got back and I didn't have to like text him and bug him or, or be hovering. Um, I, I try not to do that too much as a mom trying to step back and not hover. And the cameras kind of let me do that. They give me enough information um, without having to let the kids know. <laughs> too well, much and just, and, and not just for them, but you're also keeping an eye on your house uh, just as yes. much as if uh, your kids weren't there. Right. So exactly. I, I certainly, uh, we have something like that and would we'll continue to use it. So what else can we do to get our kids ready? So review expectations for what is and isn't allowed. Um, so we just had certain boundaries, like maybe when we're gone, their um, general curfews, we're actually kind of pretty loose on curfew and generally just do a let us know where you are and when you're coming home and that kind of thing. We don't have a hard and fast curfew. But while we were gone, we were like, we really would like you to be in the house by this time of night, you know, and so we kind of had a little bit of a, a, a firmer time that we wanted them in the house. And then um, you just kind of need to know who whether they're allowed to have people in your house who can come in and what you know what those kind of general ideas are. So a few boundaries is good. Absolutely, okay. too. You know, and I, I think one of my primary worries would be, you know, that, that they're out too late or they have a bunch of friends over, you know. So I think that, you know, you sound like such a teacher here, right? Uh, yeah. Review <laughs> yeah. all the expectations in advance. Are yeah. two friends allowed over? Are no friends allowed over? Do you need to be home right. at midnight? Uh, such a teacherly thing to do. All right. So um, what's your next uh, tip to get them ready? So this one we had forgotten to do. We did not discuss meals and housekeeping responsibilities explicitly, and we probably should have been a little more explicit. So um, we, when we were coming home, we were talking to them about how the kitchen and their bathroom needed to be cleaned. And then there was a little bit of bickering over who was supposed to do what in the kitchen. And then like part of the dishes got done and the other part didn't. And there was some breakdown in that, um, in that process. So we probably should have, we probably should have managed that a little bit more for them <laughs> instead of letting them work it out because then it ended up not quite getting done. Like it wasn't a catastrophe. It was all fine. And we made them ultimately do it, but you know, we just hadn't, um, we let them point fingers at each other instead of making it a little bit clearer to begin with. Well, but life's also about refining the process, right? Like you, yeah. do, it, you do it once and okay, here's what we didn't get down right. And then you improve yes. it so that when you go further to Colorado, you know, like the system is more locked into place. So right. what are your other tips? So you, even though you want to have some of those expectations and responsibilities in mind, don't overdo the management. So we did not prepare meals for our kids. We did not stock up on groceries other than like bread and ham and peanut butter and jelly. And then like there's some frozen food. So it was like, we told them there is some food in this house, but otherwise, you know, you can go grocery shopping or you can eat out, you can figure this out. So try to resist the urge to micromanage every day and let them figure it out. So, um, and I'm hearing in your voice that, that maybe that one's a little hard for you. And I'm, I'm not calling you a micromanager, but I'm no. just, I'm saying, you know, you're an educator, you're a teacher. Right. Right. So we, we just had to say they'll figure it out and they need to figure it out. So, 
Um, on our first trip, our son went to the store to get himself some food to cook in their crock pot, and he bought like a five-pound bag of broccoli. So that was a good learning experience that maybe he doesn't need a five-pound bag of broccoli. <laughs> but you know, next year he's going to be living in his own apartment, buying his own groceries. So doing that for a week before you're doing it for a whole semester is um, a good plan. Okay, we've got a couple more okay. tips from Carrie Cox here, but before we wrap up, we have a sponsored message from our friends at. Thetford. Did you know that Thetford's Porta Potty is the original and best portable toilet? It is designed with a modern appearance, an ergonomic carrying handle, a standard lid latch, and it is durable and easy to use. There is also a removable seat and cover for easy cleaning. It also has an exclusive rotating pour out spout a piston pump flush, and its sealed valves keeps odors in the holding tank. Its easy-to-read level indicator tells when it's time to empty. A deodorant sample is included, and Thetford's Porta Potty comes with a three-year warranty. For easy transportation or storage, also make sure to check out the Porta Potty carrying bag. Thetford also recommends using liquid holding tank solution like Aquamax Summer Cypress Scent in your Porta Potty. Due to the size of the Porta Potty, the liquid will get the job done faster. To view their complete lineup of products, please visit thetford.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here uh, with Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, and she is giving us all kinds of wisdom and tips and tricks for leaving your kids at home and going off your older kids, I should say, at home and going off on an RV trip with your spouse. And this has just been like a little ebook on parenting wisdom, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So a couple more tips um, for getting your your kids ready for when you leave. For sure. So next, you want to discuss with them what to do in various emergencies. And again, that was something I didn't really think about before the last trip. And as I was making this list, I was like, we probably, again, could have been a little more explicit in talking with them, like, when what is a 911 emergency versus what is the police's non-emergency number? And we didn't make sure they had those numbers in their phone. So maybe the next time before we go, we'll make sure we know they have their grandparents' phone numbers. So they, they had that at least, but we'll kind of make sure they know maybe the non-emergency police number or just, you know, a few of those things. So kind of be a little more explicit about, hey, here's here's some resources you need. And then earlier we talked about just those trusted adults. So if you do have someone who can check in, have them check in and um, make sure that you have that lined out. And earlier I mentioned that you want to be somewhat connected. So um, Compendium is a good site that will tell you your cell phone coverage at different um, web uh, different campsites. So we knew going to our campground that we were going to have like two bars of service. So we knew it might be a little sketchy depending on where we were in the campground. Um, so if I, if I was uncomfortable with that, I would have picked you know, a, a better uh, campground with more connectivity. So I knew for sure my kids could reach me. That's a great point. Like if I were to do this for the first time, I would certainly want to be somewhere where I knew I had that really good yeah. connectivity. So, all right. So that, that, that is just a wealth of knowledge and information. And I feel lucky that I, that I have you to talk to about these things, Carrie, because your kids are, you know, four or five, six years older than our kids. And I, I feel like in multiple episodes over the years, you have <laughs> sort of like prepared me for what is next. And it's, it's yeah. nice to have friends who have kids that are a bit older to, um, than your kids, you know, and, and I just so appreciate you kind of just very openly and candidly, you know, sharing your parenting experiences with 
with me and with our audience. I really, really do appreciate it. I'm happy to. It's a learning experience for us. Do you think being a teacher that you have that you're ready for it, but really you're not when it's your own kids. You're, it's a it's a learning process every single day and we're still learning. We're almost there, you know, one more year until our youngest is in college. But even after they're in college, your parenting isn't over. It just changes. So, you know, we're just trying to learn to figure it out and um, kind of enjoying enjoying a little taste of the empty nest life as we're as we're getting closer to the true thing maybe we're also needing the training wills well you have raised two fine young men and i i say that you know from the bottom of my heart that you guys have done it right and i know you know that's really hard to do I just know, you know, I'm, I'm in the well, thick of I'm it. Sure you know? I'm sure are on their way there too. They oh, I do, you know, I hope, they... I hope so, you know, and it just, we're right. in the thick of it now. And it's, it's, it's hard <laughs> to see the forest from the trees. If I got that saying, right. You know, cause you're so in right. the moment with your kids, it's hard to have that yeah, big picture. I... And, you know, you feel like you're failing all the time. And mm-hmm. then, you know, then you go and you're in a restaurant and your kids say, please. And thank you every time. And you're like, Oh my God. It it, uh, it <laughs> worked, you know. They listened, um, but it was a, but it was a battle. So, thank you so much for joining You're us, welcome. Carrie Cox. What a terrific episode! Take care. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye. A big thank you for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas, and a big thank you to our sponsors: to Neighbor, the Thetford Corporation, Camp Spot, Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. RV Snaphead and Go RVing. To find out more about the topics discussed in this show, head on over to the RVAtlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook. If you enjoyed this show, please consider leaving us a review over at iTunes. And we'll see you at the campground. <laughs>